Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Kale and Company, Nick, Dawn, Greg. Get us at 855-839-1210 if you want to join any of the conversations that we are having. Social media, that's cool as well, at 1210WPHT. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Don't forget, too, coming up at 954-ish, who won Twitter today and who won YouTube today? As we are now giving a winner on both of the platforms moving forward. So the Instagram people are feel feel left out. Oh, everybody's, somebody's always the victim. I got yelled at over the weekend for not giving enough love to Instagram. So. What about Facebook? We haven't even mentioned Facebook in a I year know. on this show. How about True. we just rebrand it for in, in the sake of inclusivity? Who won social media no, I today? Don't like it. Who won big tech today? No, I don't like it. <laughs> I like to call out specific uh, platforms. Exactly. If you're mad, have a better comment. That's how you get noticed. <laughs> and that's how you win absolutely nothing but a shout out. All right, let's get to the news. There's a lot to digest and delve into. Round number two, 706 on this Monday morning. The Great. Don Stenzel. And good Monday morning, November 13th. We are sponsored this morning by Wawa, and it's a chilly morning. If you're just heading out, you, we were we were not even 30 degrees when we started out this morning. It was 28, 29 degrees earlier. Now we've warmed up to 32 degrees. I am sweating profusely, Don. <laughs> so... Uh, bundle up. I'll tell you when the warm-up begins as we're sponsored by Wawa this morning. In the news and so much happening in Philadelphia as well as beyond. But we've been talking this morning about all the different police investigations after a, a very violent weekend in Philadelphia for sure. So uh, Philadelphia police saying that in this violent weekend, f- at least four people was sh- were shot, at least one killed, and that was over the weekend. Also, Philadelphia police searching for a group of as many as five suspects working together. So we don't know, is this gang related? Is it cartel related? We don't have that information, just that they're a quote unquote group of suspects. And they've been working together in the string of very violent armed robberies in Philadelphia. In each case, the victim, even though the victim is being held at gunpoint, the uh, the gunmen still went to the effort of pistol whipping them or punching them in the face. In one of the instances, a victim was just knocked out cold, unconscious, found you know on the floor. So these five violent armed robberies in the city it just happened this month, and we're only at the 13th of November. I will point out to you. So detectives say they were all committed at gunpoint, a gunpoint by these armed and dangerous. Robbers. So the attempt was robbery, but they still had to rough people up, all happening within just a few block radius in the Northeast and Northeast Philadelphia. So that one's going on. And we have these two hit and runs. One, a deadly hit and run happened in Philadelphia's Feltonville neighborhood. That happened last night, 4800 block of Whitaker Ave, about 6 p.m. yesterday. And on this one, a man, a good Samaritan in his early 30s, had stopped to help a disabled motorist change a tire by the roadside there. That's when this white van drives by, strikes him, ultimately kills him. And so this is a a real tragedy. They're still uh, not identifying publicly this man as they identify, as they notify his immediate family. But they say that they found the white van later, but they're still searching for that hit-and-run driver who could face, obviously, very serious charges. And then the other story that's making national news right now is a situation of another hit-and-run, 
of 76ers guard Kelly Oubre Jr. He's recovering, thank God, after being struck by a car and a lot of well wishes to him. But Philadelphia police want to catch this hit and run driver in a silver vehicle. I don't see that they have great surveillance video. I know that they they plan to release more for us so we can get that vehicle description. But the 27-year-old player who's maybe not as well-known because he hasn't you know been with the Sixers so long, but certainly getting the, getting the well wishes, struck on the 1400 block of Spruce Street, crossing Hicks Street. This is where he was struck by the silver car as the car was trying to turn onto Hicks there, and the driver just took off, yeah, this leaving is, him. Yeah, this was the guy that essentially was the replacement, so to speak, after James Harden was dealt. And he's been good so far. He's been, you know, from what I gather, about 17, 18 points a game. He's been a nice little addition. Did they say how long he's going to be out for? Uh, they're going to evaluate. Week, I think. Week, yeah. yeah. So they, broken ribs, right? Yeah. yeah. A bro- at least one broken rib. Mm. But I think, well, the, the thing about it... Broken rib, and now as a football mom, I've become an expert in this. I mean, it's, what, at least six weeks? Yeah, I think maybe around Christmas you can hope right. to have him back. But they wear, like, those, when you have a broken rib or multiple broken ribs in sports and you keep playing, they put, like, the little flat jacket on you, like that, like, almost like a Kevlar yeah. vest, so to speak. Yeah. So it's just a matter of protecting that, and then you're breathing, like, you know, because it does, it, it sucks the wind out of you. Yeah. So... He also has other injuries, his hip. So I don't know the severity. Obviously, he was treated and released at the hospital. So I don't know the severity, to your point, about the other hip hip injuries, a right leg injury. I don't know how f- fast the vehicle was going. So that all of that factors into it. He's expected, we, we'll get eyeballs on him tomorrow. He's expected to go to practice, mm-hmm. and then week by week. Yeah, as long as Maxie keeps going for 50 and Embiid goes for 30, we're good. <laughs> you could trot out me, Dawn, and Greg for the rest of the, the, the rest of the starting lineup. That's 80 points right there. So we have uh, South Carolina, uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott says uh, he's suspending his bid for POTUS 2024. And TikTok, we're watching the budget deadline for Congress, and there are some proposals on that one making headlines that we'll talk about later this morning. But the deadline, midnight Friday, or we'll uh, run out of money. So. Yeah, I, I know you just only briefly highlighted the Tim Scott thing, but here's a, maybe we could do a poll question on YouTube. Uh, who has the better beard, James Harden or Tim Scott? Oh, that's not, oh, that's that's not, not even right. close. Come on. <laughs> I was just, you know, inquiring minds want to debate this on, on the chat. <laughs> I have, the, I have the audio, and we'll get to it at uh, 745. Okay. okay. We have the Manhattan trial. This is Letitia James, the civil fraud claims against former President Donald J. Trump, threatening his business and his right to do business, which he's very focused on, obviously. So Don Jr. begins. He's uh, returning to the witness stand, this time as the Trump defense team now gets to tell their side of the story. So Trump's oldest son, a Trump Organization executive vice president, he originally testified earlier this month. Now he's back with the defense. So we're talking about that. Also, we have to talk about all the Christmas decorations going up across the city of Philadelphia. Uh, the Macy's, you know, the Macy's decorations, the debut of them, all of that is happening as well. Yeah, so we need to wait till after Thanksgiving. You know, I, I, I knew somebody was going to mention that. You know what? I, I think we're at the point now on November 13th. I'm okay with Christmas decorations no. going. It's 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 five and a half six weeks away. You know, like mid October, that's too much. Mid November, I'm okay with it. 
the the weekend of Thanksgiving. That should yeah. be that should be when everybody puts up their decorations. Uh, well, yeah, that's we the way all I do it. Agree as a society, we all live in a civil society. <laughs> we all need to put up Christmas decorations at the same time. Coming up on Kale and Company on December <laughs> on December seventh, we will debate whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh, it definitely is. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, though, I will say over the weekend, many commemorations as, of course, uh, Veterans Day happened on Saturday, National Constitution Center, saluting and honoring those who protected and served. Wreath-laying ceremony just yesterday um, overlooking Independence Mall there. So a lot of the a lot of the museums still holding food drives and reminding us that many of our veterans, mm-hmm. um, you know, moving into the holiday season yep. are homeless. Yep. And so there's even, I thought this was pretty cool at the National Constitution Center and some of, and some of the, um, especially the, the museums across Philadelphia, they have letter writing stations set up so that you can write a letter and then give thanks or donate to the veterans. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about the negativity in the news, but I, I thought that was, it's the thank a vet program. You know, it's funny you bring up the veterans. I'm seeing a headline right here on Fox News on my TV in the studio. NYC migrants refuse to stay in a makeshift <laughs> shelter. We treat our, they're rejecting this, right? The migrants, it's not good enough for us. We came here for better. We treat migrants in this country better than we do our veterans. It's true. The, the homeless ones I'm talking about. It's true. It's it, ridiculous. And it's sad. But I, there are now, I guess there are now some um, migrants in New York City that have said uh, it's so bad they want to go back home. Yes. In New York and or Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Right? You know what? Chicago's so bad. Let's go back to Venezuela. It's like, is one of the headlines I saw this weekend. It's crazy. It is. I, I got to give the sports networks credit this week, and they really did a good job highlighting Veterans Day and making it a full weekend. And I was a little ticked off. The NFL yesterday was doing their veterans advertisement, and they wanted you to go to um, NFLshop.com. You could buy the, the military apparel that the NFL teams were wearing this weekend. It's kind of like that but, camo hoodie. Yeah, I, I like those. I love those. Hoodies, but I don't like this year's. Like the, You don't like the version of it? Yeah, the deep brown. Like last year. See, last I like years, it. last years they had like yeah. camouflage, and it looked cool. It was like a lighter right. brown. It looked way cooler. Than they do it team by team. So I literally, as I'm watching the Red Zone channel yeah. yesterday, I went to the website because I wanted to order the Eagles camouflage with, yeah, the, yeah. and it's got the USA flag on the shoulder. It's awesome, man. And they were all sold out except for Smalls and Triple X. You can actually, I let me send you a link. Yeah, your people can get in touch with my people. We're people who know people. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get one of those. I can get you one. All right. You're going to have to pay for it. But, oh, that's fine. But you, I can get you one. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Don. Go ahead. Uh, also in the news, <laughs> I know we're going to talk about Penn State. We have some Jim Harbaugh news, etc. But PCGA Day is the oldest continuous high school football rivalry in the entire United States of America, Penn Charter, Germantown Academy. Um, so it's, it's an incredible rivalry since, what, 1887? Historic, you know, historic competition. Yeah, it's the same year Stalker took over as brand manager. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> GA lost, but I will say this. Actually, it was a victory for GA in this sense at our football game, and Stalker was there and his beautiful wife and child. I will say that the, the Germantown Academy parents mm-hmm. noted that there was no national anthem on Veterans Day. And I'm they s- began to sing the, I have the audio, they began to sing the national anthem. Wow. 
as then the Quakers, Quackers, just stood out there on the field and okay. kind of didn't know what to do. Okay, so I need some information here. Now, where was the well, who was the home team? Uh, Penn Charter. Does Penn Charter typically play the anthem? They for do every not game? because yeah, they're okay. Quakers. It's a Quaker school. Wow, that's so yeah. they 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 do, they consistently don't do it. <sighs> okay, but parents were upset because it was Veterans Day. Now, what was the final score? Oh my God. I, I need to know because I had five and a half. It was bad. I didn't cover. Okay. It was. Uh, oh, that's another twenty. I'm out. <sighs> it was twenty-one-seven by the time I left. <laughs> Greg left early. <laughs> well, I, I have a three-year-old. He, yeah, yeah. He melts course. down in the blink of an eye. Yeah. <laughs> well, we scored one more time, and then they scared scored at least one more as well. It okay. Was brutal. Does Germantown Academy play the anthem for every game? Of course. Okay. Absolutely. I'm right, just checking. Absolutely, and most of them do. Oh, good. But. In in all fairness, Quaker schools. I didn't know this. I've never. I don't know why I didn't notice this. They don't because maybe, they're Quakers. Maybe we can ship them out with the people from Palestine. <laughs> get them all the hell out. You can't follow some basic rules here. Just leave. Well, we are sponsored this morning by Wawa. Welcome back to Wawa Siptopia, your handcrafted beverage happy place. Right right now, all your crafted to crave favorites are only three dollars for a sixteen ounce. Four dollars for a twenty-four ounce. Gotta have a Wawa. I had I had to bring like a whole huge tray of hoagies, and I was calling around all these places on Saturday because I forgot to order it. Thank God for the Wawa in Flowertown. I'm giving them a shout out because the the one hoagie place was like not a chance. Wawa, Diane, Teresa, they're like we've got you. Have the wow. full tray, beautiful tray, all the sides. I was like thank God for Wawa. So I'm thankful they're sponsoring us so I can give them a. A friendly shout out and say thank nice. you. Nice, very nice. And uh, and we I did we, we talked about the Sixers, right? Yes, we talked we about did. the final scores. Yeah. Uh-huh. Joel Embiid, everybody, and and Maxi. God bless him. NBC Ten first alert forecast as we look at. I know it's only thirty two right now, so grab that coat. But we do rise to fifty two. Lovely. Oh, we, we've warmed up to thirty four. So bright sunny skies this week today. Fifty two degrees. Tomorrow and Wednesday, 54 degrees. By Thursday, 62. Friday, 65. But some showers moving through for your Friday as we warm up. And then for the weekend, back to sunshine and mid-50s. So the only measurable precipitation I see is for Friday when it's 65. We could see some showers moving through. That's your NBC 10 First Alert Forecast, Kale & Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. 855-839-1210. So we have to talk about age when it comes to Joe Biden, when it comes to Donald Trump. But before we get to that, because I don't believe when we talk about those two and their age and their acuity, that it is apples to apples. We'll explain coming up. And I want to give it a full a full segment because we have video and audio of both Trump and Biden. But before we get to that, uh, just a little, little bit of a lighter story, although I don't think it's really a light story because it's another example of, again, you know, people being triggered over something they shouldn't be bothered by, then griping about it on social media in an effort and a cause to hopefully end somebody's career or livelihood. So Ken Jennings is the new host of Jeopardy. Now, full disclosure, I haven't watched Jeopardy in years. When I was a kid, I used to watch Jeopardy with my mom and grandmother at times. Jeopardy would be at 7 o'clock on Channel 6 and in Philadelphia, and then Wheel of Fortune at 7.30. But I haven't, and I remember when Ken Jennings went on that ridiculous winning streak that he was on, and this guy just knows way too much uh, useless information, and 
a lot of useful stuff as well. Well, he's the new host of Jeopardy, and now he's under fire for a joke about elderly people after a bunch of people with 12 followers started crying about it on Twitter. So this happened last week, and it's landed him in some hot water. He made a remark about people in assisted living facilities that offended some viewers, and they were quick to air their grievances, surprise, surprise, on social media. During the interview portion of the game show, which is currently airing Champions Wildcard Tournament Week, the host was talking to a contestant named Jen Jaswinski, who spoke about her grandmother. She said that in one of her previous appearances on the show, she mentioned how important her grandmother was to her and what she had done for her. Quote, when I did that, her entire home where she was living and was watching, and they stood and gave her a standing ovation during part of the show, she told Jennings last week. Quote, so that was a really special moment for her and for me. In return, Ken Jennings said, quote, that's great. And that means a lot in assisted living, standing up, never easy for all of those people, I would assume. Fair assumption to make. You're in an assisted elderly living facility, maybe getting up and down out of your chair or you know, a wheelchair or a bed. You, it's fair to assume that might be a little bit difficult. So as Jaswinski ended up winning the game, a lot of people took to social media and they were bothered by Jennings' remark. One person tagged the Jeopardy account on Twitter and said, really? Nothing like a little casual ageism from Ken Jennings. It's difficult for people in assisted living to stand up, disappointed in his comment. Then another individual says, you used to be able to laugh at Ken's joke about assisted living. In the 90s, as a late 20-teen something, I would have laughed. Now, I feel myself having mixed feelings. One comment read, Ken Jennings just made a joke about people in assisted living, and I didn't know whether to laugh or cringe, so I did both. To further illustrate their point, they used the hashtag funny, hashtag tasteless. And another person said the joke was not funny, called it cringeworthy. Ken Jennings made another wheelchair joke on Jeopardy tonight. Um, Can we, people, and I know it's not this audience, can we stop going to Twitter and X and Instagram every time somebody makes a genuinely innocent comment. It that, wasn't innocent. You don't think so? No. Yeah. It was he, he was the way you read it, the way you read it could be taken both ways. Okay. If, if you said it with like a deadpan face and kind of said, "Oh, well that, you know what I mean?" and then if somebody wants yeah. to laugh at it, but he it he it was a joke. He was he he thought he was being funny. Okay. And so the way he said it yep. is what matters. I've never seen him hosting the show. I only recall him from when he was a, a great contestant. Is he not a personality? Is he not funny? Does his does his little snide remarks do they do they not go over well with the audience? Because um, sometimes it does come down to like your reputation and your ability to kind of deliver it right with a certain tone. Yes, I think it would. It, so it would have behooved him to say that in a way where a person who might be insulted, might not know. Was he joking? Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? If he had said, oh, and they might not, because that way somebody can laugh if they want to laugh. Right. Right? Yeah. But he didn't say it like that, Nick. Okay. He didn't say it like you just said it, where okay. somebody could take it both ways, where like the joke goes both ways. Okay. I just think, especially, you know, you're not Dave Chappelle. You're not in a, at a Vegas casino. Mm-hmm. You're in a daytime program where, quite frankly, a lot of your viewers oh, yeah. 
uh, probably are excited to see his show. Yeah, 19-year-olds are probably not watching Jeopardy. Right. I get it. Like, you know, you know? a 62-year-old is probably yeah. watching Jeopardy. Or, or the person in the assisted living. Yeah. And so it was just, come on. Yeah, I used- I just, I, but I just, the, the, the automatic <laughs> default response for society is, and I guess it's great because everybody in, in theory gets to voice their opinion. You know, I believe in free speech, but it's just all of the responses. It's just like every time we hear something that, well, I, you know, again, comedy is in the eye of the, the receiving end of the joke, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, you might not have thought it was funny, but I'd be willing to bet that Ken Jennings meant no ill will by it, right? Like, you know, the contestant's grandmother is in a facility, and he probably said, like, wow, that was awesome. You know, she stood up. I'm just, you know, assuming that most people. No, I, he didn't say it like you're saying it. We might need to hear the audience. I, I might need to I'm get pointed. To- just keep talking. Because, okay. like, Nick, is the way that you're saying it, I think, is fine. Okay. Because you're saying, oh, and that must be a difficult. Right. Because there might be somebody who has a sarcastic mind yeah. who's listening. Well, this guy might be so smart that he's not one of those guys that can deliver a joke, right? Okay, that's true. You know? I mean, That's not, not, nothing against the really, really smart people, but sometimes their delivery in social settings when they try to make a little a little jab or a barb. And I don't even know that he was trying to make a jab or a barb. Mm. Again, I think he was. He was trying to be he was trying to be, you know, sharp and sarcastic and oh, it must be difficult. Yeah, that's how I took it. It's just amazing today that in this day and age, you know, people every little word that we just don't like it's uh, let's rush to twitter and voice our displeasure in 280 characters or less but i think jennings but i think they're standing up for like their grandma or their grandpa or great grandpa you know what i mean who's in the assisted yeah. living all right let's judge for ourselves Here okay here's the tape whose grandma is a bit of a celebrity now. Is that true? Yes, that um, during one of my shows last time, I was able to talk about my grandmas and the influence they've had in my life. And when I did that, her entire um, home where she lives was watching and they stood and gave her a standing ovation during (laughs) that part of the show. So that was a really special moment for her and for me. That's great. And that means a lot in assisted living. Standing up, not easy (laughs) for for all those people. I mean, see, he laughs. He then laughs at his own joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, like he, you're talking specifically. He just went, to, he just about went her, for an easy joke, right? Am, was, I, am I in the wrong here, people? No, I, I I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it was. Here's the, th- here's the thing. Think about the greatest, you know, comedians of our. I just think that even John Stewart, let's say, mm-hmm. in that who's so funny and smart. I think there's a way to deliver it in the way you, Nick, said it. Yeah. Where if he had not laughed at his own joke, if he had said, oh, because she's being, she's talking about her grandma and mm-hmm. she's like very sincere. Oh, if he God. had said, wait, on, if he on. had said, and I imagine that, that, that might not have been, that might not have been easy. He still would have gotten the laugh. Yeah. But if he had turned and said, no, really, or something, he would have seemed like he's sensitive, but he's uh, letting the laugh happen. Who wants to laugh? But yeah. he's respecting her let's, grandma. Let's put the poll up on on Twitter or on the YouTube chat. Put it up on YouTube. Was, yeah. was, is Ken Jennings' oh. comment innocent or are, it was or trigger worthy? It's a it's a you know yeah, again I didn't hear it until just now. He's not a comedian. He's not a comedian. Right. Agreed. Right. But he's hosting a dopey show that he needs to kill some time and be engaging. Like the, the fact that people are offended by that is just like you know. Oh, God, come on. And the reason I brought this up is because we're going to get into age here with Biden and Trump and yeah. things like that. So I, I figured it would be. A, and, I, and I had no idea how, how Dawn was. So Dawn thinks it's a little over the top. Not good. 
I have no problem with it. Greg is a little bit more towards my side. But let's see what people think on YouTube. Uh, uh, YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Uh, Anthony and Natasha, if we can get a poll question up with Ken Jennings, whether that was uh, fair or foul, it's in play or out of play, yeah. that would be fine. All right, we will come back. Uh, Joe <laughs> Biden, Donald Trump, ageism again, mental acuity. But why I don't think it's apples to apples. We'll get to that in a moment but first a word for the great folks at the piazza auto group you know one of the many reasons why i love working with this family and that's what they are the piazza family tony dan jamie everybody else involved is the extensive inventory they have so i've been in the honda ridgeline truck but they said hey why don't you come on out i want to show you a couple of things right so I saw the Mazda dealership. I went to also the Acura dealership. And then my last stop of the three was at the Hyundai dealership on Route 202. And I said, hey, let me show you this 2024 Ionic 5 fully electric. And I said, okay, take a look. It's powerful. And it's a fully electric vehicle with 320 horsepower with over a 300-mile range. Now, with Hyundai, you know you're getting America's best warranty. That's standard. That's a given. Ten years 100,000 miles, but the Ionic 5 is really remarkable. Full charge in just under 20 minutes. And if you're a modern technology kind of guy or gal, I, I mean, I was blown away. I was like, wait, where's the dashboard? Where, where's this Beamer? It's like, it's all there on basically what looks like little tablets or iPads. Really cool vehicle, a lot of cool features, powerful electric ride, and it's more powerful. It's got more horsepower than my truck. Hyundai locations in Westchester and Reading, but all of the details, all of the inventory in one convenient spot, piazzaautogroup.com. It's Kale & Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot. On Fandom Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning a $5 money line bet. We have to wait till next Monday, Monday the 20th, November 20th, for the Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, the Eagles are at plus 120 for this. So I would place my $5 bet on that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. I love the FanDuel app. It's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel.com slash Greg, and sign up right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210WPHD and is the official partner of the NFL. 21 and over, President PA. First online real money wager, only $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as not withdrawable. Bonus bets expire seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You heard Greg talking about uh, FanDuel and the Eagles game. It's going to be 15 days, I think, between games. Coming off of the bye this week, and they don't play till Monday of next week. Yeah, that's what, they, uh, that's what they've what they been doing a lot for bye weeks now. My God. They... Yeah. It's going to feel like an eternity. But you get a yeah. nice little Thanksgiving sandwich. So Eagles and Chiefs on Monday. Thanksgiving will be up on that Thursday. And then on Sunday, the Eagles and the Bills. So probably wow. two of the three best teams in the AFC in a six-day stretch. Yeah, they start their uh, they start a pretty tough schedule. They do. From 
here on out. Yes, they do. Uh, we gave you the story, uh, and we'll get to Biden and Trump and ageism and mental acuity coming up in just a moment. Uh, but a lot of people are reacting to the Ken Jennings uh, clip that we played for you, and uh, you have an update on the poll as well. Yeah, so right now, uh, if you go to YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHD, we have a poll going up there. Guys, if you can put it back up there again, uh, because a lot of people still want to vote on it, um, is the Ken Jennings from Jeopardy's comment innocent? Uh, if you miss it or you're just joining us here at 735, Nick read, read a story about how Ken Jennings is coming under fire for uh, this joke that he made about uh, uh, people in assisted living homes. Let me play it again. Whose grandma is a bit of a celebrity now. Is that true? Yes. That um, During one of my shows last time, I was able to talk about my grandmas and the influence they've had in my life. And when I did that, her entire... Um, home where she lives was watching and they stood and gave her a standing ovation during <laughs> wow. that part of the show so that was a really special moment for her and for me that's great and that means a lot in assisted living standing up yes not easy <laughs> for, for all those <laughs> it's kind of a desantis uh kind of an awkward <laughs> laugh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. He, so, he shouldn't have laughed at his own thing who, who who's less who's less funny um Ken Jennings or Colbert? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a big uh, big thing you can vote on at 1210WPHT on our YouTube chat if you want to get on over there. So when it comes to age and it comes to um, mental acuity, I don't believe that Donald Trump and Joe Biden are in remotely close to the same category. Donald Trump has his slip-ups from time to time. But I have said this and I've been consistent with this for the better part of a year. I still think when you listen and you hear Trump, whether it's in 2022 or 2023 since we started this show, or you go back to 2020 in the re-election campaign bid in that year, or you go back to when he took office in January of 17 or was running in 16, he still pretty much got it all together, right? Physically, he's not tripping like Joe Biden. He's still hitting tee shots right down the middle of the fairway on the golf course. Mentally, you know, he has a slip up here and there. He botches a name. He gets a president of a country wrong. But I would say, generally speaking, Donald Trump from 2016 to today is about 90% of what he used to be from being with it physically, mentally, and having the energy to deliver speeches. Is it 100% of what he used to be? No, I would say 90, 95%. I'm just ballpark spitballing here. Joe Biden, not the case. We've played clips of you or for, uh, of Joe for you in 2019, 2020, 2021, and there's a big difference in Joe Biden 2022, 2023 compared to when he was running to take over against Donald Trump. It is night and day difference. The drop off has been absolutely quick and noticeable. But this past weekend, uh, Joe Biden for Veterans Day and you know, celebrating the, you know, the vets past and present active or not active duty. Joe was completely out of it again at the tomb of the unknown soldier. Uh, we've got some audio, a little bit of the speech, and then he kind of wanders around, doesn't know where he is. Uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, you'll be seeing this as well. If you're not, get there, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHJ. This is cut 11, guys, go. Looks, he looks very confused here with this. Um, yeah. 
once again, just completely does not know which way to go. He doesn't know if he's coming or he's going. And this is a track record. I mean, high points. points. Yeah, I know. He just, I see, I'm on a little bit of a delay. Okay, yeah, see, there he goes. He he pivots to the right, then he does an about face, goes back to the reef, then an officer with the white gloves on says, sir, this way. Right yeah. there's the VP. Go back and sit next to Kamala. He goes back and stands right next to Kamala Harris. So this is, I mean, we could probably pull a montage of the last two calendar years of Joe literally in any setting where he's required to stand in front of a podium, a microphone, doesn't know which way to go. But then you have Donald Trump. And I don't think it was so much the Biden camp because, you know, those who live in glass houses shouldn't be throwing stones. So the Biden administration really has absolutely no right to ever call out Trump for his, you know, slip-ups. But the DeSantis campaign, as desperate as they are at this point, they're looking for any, you know, crack in the armor, so to speak. And we've got this audio, and here is uh, one of the, because the, all the rivals to Trump are reacting to this, and I would say overreacting, uh, but here is the audio of Trump's latest gaffe. Cut eight. You know, we were respected when I was president. We were respected by China. You know, one story, a quick story. You don't mind if I go off teleprompter like a lot, do you? So much more exciting. So much more. But the head of Hungary, a very tough, strong guy, Viktor Orban. Did anybody ever hear of him? Probably, you know, considered very powerful, very uh, powerful within his country and outside of his country. Uh, Not exactly loved by some of the European nations because he does his thing. He didn't allow millions of people to invade his country. He allowed nobody to invade. The zero. Zero. He had nobody. So he doesn't have crime and he doesn't have the problems that they're having in other countries where millions of people are allowed to go in. But they were interviewing him two weeks ago and they said, uh, what would you advise President Obama? The whole world seems to be exploding Oops. and imploding. So that's what, so that's he what says, they're, very simple. Yeah. That's what they're talking about, President Obama. Yeah. So he says Obama instead of Biden. To me, that is very, very, now it's, I mean, we know it's factually incorrect, but it is very nitpicky. Although, you could sit there and say, we're living through the third Obama term, um, but I digress. I mean, like, look, okay, so he goes off prompter. Personally, I would never put Trump on a prompter because he's at his best when he's just quick-witted and he's firing and he's in his groove and he's doing his thing and he's elevating his voice and then he looks to the left and he looks to the right, the whole bit. But, like, you know, the DeSantis camp was quick to point that out. Others were quick to point that out. But let's call a spade a spade here. This is not apples to apples. This is like apples to Kiwis. Like if Joe Biden is the apple and he's wrong every single day, Trump's it. Now, Trump's had probably five or six in the last calendar year, but they're so trivial. I mean, how many times? I mean, I talk 20 hours a week. I butcher the English language as a talk radio host. Butcher it. I, I, I don't view Trump being called out for this remotely close. And I'm not trying to be a partisan hack or a Trump apologist by any stretch. But to me, it's like, dude, okay, he doesn't bat a thousand. It's it's not Joe. Like Trump knows where he is. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. He's not falling over sandbags. He's not tripping up steps. He's guy still a single digit handicap on the golf course. Uh, okay, so maybe he went off prompter and butchered it. But Obama, uh, yeah, it's not like he said Bin Laden for God's sakes. I mean, good God, people were just going nuts about it. Now Trump has said that these because he's he does this routinely. He Trump has said when he's asked about it, it's intentional. And I guess over the weekend, Brian Kilmeade 
on Fox was defending it, saying he does this on purpose. Yeah, I, I don't know if I mean I. That's the claim. I don't know if he def- does it on purpose, but I mean, like he does the Chris Christie's not a fat pig thing on purpose. Like we've <laughs> we've heard that. No, no, I can't he say did it, it again. I know he did. He did it again. I, I, I can't. You know, he's not a fat pig. He's not a fat pig. He's doing that to say that he is a fat pig. I don't think he's doing the Obama thing on purpose. I would love to see what the teleprompter said. I guess as it says Biden, but to me it's not a big deal. Like. I mean, Joe, Joe Biden right now, if, if Joe, on a scale of zero to 100, Joe at his best in his life mentally to being a complete zero, Joe's in single digits right now. Joe's somewhere between like a five and a nine on the scale of with it, mentally zero to 100. Trump's at like a 90 or a 95. It is not the same battle. Yeah. So, and it's really the, the main camp that I saw was DeSantis's the, the team DeSantis camp the the uh never back down ink group that's uh head up by headed up by um that that clueless um what's her name Christine Purish what a, she's she's butchered his social media campaign by the way she should be the first one to be fired if DeSantis wants to start um dumping people for the next calendar year but like that's what you're picking at like okay maybe the DeSantis apologists get to eat that up and yuck it up on social well, media I mean, what but else like, do they have that's my point it's yeah. like you have that's the best you got like your dude and i i say this is a guy who likes ron DeSantis. i know people think that i just hate DeSantis all of a sudden mm-hmm. but he's just running he's just run a campaign that's had so many flaws in it yeah did he did he also say or bond did he say he's hungry or turkey because like he, he, he said being, well, he said hungry for this one which is correct which is correct, correct. and the then previous. it's but yeah then, like like a few speeches ago is right. when he said turkey right so sometimes he's rattling off yes. it's not the it's not the point of the story the point of this story, because Orban is the guy mm-hmm. who Tucker Carlson sat down. It was a great interview, mm-hmm. and it was really, it was interesting. Yeah. But I think, you know, Trump is rattling this off. The point of the story is, like, what Orban said or mm-hmm. what. So I don't think anybody thinks, oh, Trump is having a, a you know, he's having a senior moment where right. he forgot who it is. He didn't forget who it was. He's trying to make the point of the story, but he, it's, it's, um, you know, it's it's not meticulous. Yeah, and the, right? the other thing too is Trump is always talking, right? Mm-hmm. He's a talker. It's like it's like you and I, Don, or anybody that does a talk show twenty hours, or in your case, thirty hours a week. You talk this much, you're bound to make mistakes. It's going to happen. Joe Biden is always kept in secrecy. They put him in a bubble. He, mm-hmm. We get very little exposure to him, and when we do, we see why. So it's, I mean, it's not even close, the two of and, them. And it's not, I mean, the 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 mistakes that Biden has made have been like, you know, calling out dead people. Right, and Jackie. Like, yeah, that, that stuff, you can't explain away. Right. You just can't. You know, yes, you can mix up. You know, Obama, Biden, whatever. Right. Like, like you can mix that up, or or that Turkey, Turkey, Hungary. Yeah, like that stuff is, you know, yes, you can you can mix that up very easily. Should you, was he doing it on purpose? I doubt it. He's just making excuses for, you know, a slip up. Yeah. But it it is way different, way different yeah. than uh, Biden's missteps. His missteps have been, like, you look at that, you hear some of the stuff he says, and you're just like, oof, yeah. like, that sounds that sounds like, a, like my pap-pap before we put him in a home. Be, uh, be careful. Ken Jennings got in trouble right. for that. And it's difficult to stand <laughs> in a home. I don't want you in trouble, Greg. Yeah, and Biden, remember when he announced, I think he was announcing Lloyd Austin as his um, Secretary of Defense, mm-hmm. and he clearly just couldn't think of his name. 
Yep. And she's like, that guy over there. Yep. <laughs> you know, and it, he has those moments where it's it's beyond just this is not just a little senior moment mm-hmm. or a little slip up. It's it's a huge it's now, it's a cringeworthy now to moment. Be, now to be fair, there is a there is a montage that's been going around of when Trump was in office, him him completely getting names wrong. I saw that people. So like yes, he's done it too. But that is that to me is I get I get names wrong. I get names wrong all the time. I get names wrong with salespeople here that I mm-hmm. that I they definitely forever. that I definitely should know. I, I see so, a sales rep from time to time. And I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, you? exactly. Yeah. I called somebody. Hey, man. I called somebody by those by their brother's name, and it was just it was That's so, funny. It was so. I mean, anyway. I mean, they're twins, so it's like you know what I mean. But, there you go. Anyway. At 7.48, Monday morning, always a very interesting edition off of a weekend. It's time for a Monday What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's on the Cut Sheet? Brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hole Volvo, where they have ample inventory of brand new and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve. They always go the extra mile for their customers because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out at Route 70 in Cherry Hill, Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Nick, Dawn, I think it's time that we retire this what's on the cut sheet um, open. Oh, yes. We might have to. And I think it's time that we replace it with this. K1, guys, go. What's on the cut sheet? Wow. Yes, indeed. That is uh, one of my twins, Olivia, who apparently uh, every morning on the way to school, they uh, uh, Kristen will put up the the iPhone on the little um, the little bracket on the dashboard, and they'll watch the show on YouTube. And this is right around the time where they're going to school. So Friday, for about eight hours straight, when she got home from school, all Olivia was doing was running around the living room, yelling, "What's on the cut sheet?" Can we can we just say that maybe maybe Kristen shouldn't have this show on? <laughs> I for agree. Your daughter's. I agree. Just saying. Yes. We get into some, especially at, at this time when we get into some <laughs> dicey things. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But I think I'm I'm retiring that at least for a little while, and I'm going to put on uh, I'm going to put your daughter on there. Could be a poll question on the YouTube chat. Yeah. Who should voice the cut sheet, Stalker or Olivia? Oh, Felicia, I didn't I didn't do what. I didn't do what I normally do. What? What's that? What's up the cut sheet on this Monday? There you go. <laughs> brought to you by Cherry Old Wobble. Thank you. Okay. Uh, sorry. Look, if you that. can't bring it with the intensity and the energy, Olivia will gladly slide in. She, I, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. She needs to do Monday, Tuesday, too. I know. <laughs> All good. right. Uh, Donald Trump was in. We just played the uh, the clip of him uh, messing up Obama and Biden. He was in Cla- uh, Claremont, New-, uh, New Hampshire, over the weekend. That's where these speeches took place. I'm going to go with cut nine here. We discussed him uh, talking about a uh, 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 sloppy Chris Christie. Sorry, I have a lot of things firing here at once. Um, <laughs> And he did the he did the routine about calling him fat. He doesn't actually call him fat. He waits for somebody in the crowd to do that. Cut nine, go. And I went from sixty three to seventy five. That's the biggest increase. There's never been a president. Most presidents, like Obama, got less the second time by millions. Others get. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? And by the way, that somebody else said something. They said this man said something he shouldn't say. I will defend. 
He said, Chris Christie is a fat pig. You, you cannot say that, sir. You can. Please, please take that back. Please take that back. No. No, no, no. He said, Chris Christie is a fat pig. You cannot do that. He's a tough group. He's a tough group. Anyway. They're weaponizing. You know, the beauty of that is, is uh, you know, he said that and I'm correcting him. But the beauty of that is the fake news. You know, you're not allowed to use the fat word and you're probably not allowed to use the pig word, right? The beauty of that is that the press can't really do anything because I'm defending him. I'm defending. They, they can't do anything. So, you know, so it's sort of interesting the way that works out. They can't really write the story because I'm defending the fact that you can't use the word fat pig when you describe Chris Christie. He's not a fat pig. For purposes of, he is not a fat pig. There you go. <laughs> he's, play, he's playing it up I, beautifully. I got I to gotta say, guys, in a country where 60% of the people are obese, uh, yeah. the fat thing probably doesn't work so well. I'm hey, just saying. Well, and then the other thing, too, is... Um, not a smart move. I oh, really, so, I really don't. Oh, think so you it's think this works move, against no. him? No, I, I just think it's. Look, I, I think it's hysterical. You know what right. I mean? Because we've talked about the whole fat subject in this country a- on the a- show. Agreed. But I just think that like you're dealing with a nation that is, <laughs> that is large, and that's even when you eliminate the the BMI index, exactly. which is also outdated and ridiculous. I just, I just don't, I, I don't. Again, I'm not offended. Like, I don't right, care. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? But I just, I don't. I don't think it plays well, and I think it's like I just don't think it's smart of him to do that. Who does it? I mean, so does this turn off maybe that one random? And I say one loosely. I mean, there's probably more than one, but there's not a ton of them. We know that. Does this shut off maybe that that independent out there that was still somehow out there for the taking, no. so to speak? No, I no. I think everybody has their mind made up about Trump already, right? You know what I mean. So. I guess I'm making my own point here that it doesn't really matter because the people who are with him are with him. The people who aren't going to be with him aren't going to be with him. Yeah. I just think that it's not, you know, like he's not, he's, he's, he's not a talk show host. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like. He'd be pretty good at it though. Of course he would be. <laughs> but like he's running for a, for another term. Like he was already president. Like, mm-hmm. like going after some dude's weight. You know what I mean? Like I get it. It's funny. Yeah. I just, I just don't think it's like. You know, there's a lot of people in this country that struggle with their weight. Yeah, I got you. Um, I I didn't notice this over the weekend because I tried to avoid most of the politics. But the signs in the background, I I like the new white sign. Now I don't know if that was just for Veterans Day, uh, but there was a Trump sign that many of those people were holding behind him that said peace through strength, which is very fitting. Uh, Obviously, with Veterans Day and everything going on with Israel and, and Hamas, and you know, one of the things that Dawn always talks about under Trump's watch, peace and prosperity, peace through strength, which actually goes back to our big take this morning uh, about how Biden's weakness has led to a lot of this and you know how this did not happen under Trump's watch. Which, by the way, when that campaign ad that Trump dropped over the weekend, yeah. if you spill an ounce of American blood, we will spill a gallon of yours. That's yeah, that, I like that. That stuff, that is the stuff he should focus on. Sylvia, I agree. Sylvia writes on the YouTube chat, it's not classy. Trump is not classy, you know what I mean? Like, like his, like that's 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 his brand. I get it. Um, I just, I don't think it. Like, what does it do? Like, and it's obviously it makes a you laugh. It's obviously a prepared thing because he does it at everything. You go, like every uh, 
speech yeah, he I, I, didn't, I didn't hear there. Was there actually somebody in the no, crowd that called a, out? Dude, yeah, wait. there was. No. Was oh, there? Stop. There was somebody oh, who said it. No. Yeah, okay. there was. I couldn't hear. Okay. Okay. Play it again. Okay. There's somebody in the crowd that yelled it out. I'm sure. Here's the thing. I'm sure. It's a it's a campaign rally. He's doing these to Greg's point, you know, pivot because you don't want to have the same old show mm-hmm. that that is airing over and over. I don't really think I, I honestly I don't think it hurts. But I don't think it gains anybody new. So how about this? What, what if in the next rally he does, the next interview he does, whatever it might be, the next time he is in a public setting with a camera and a microphone, short of the court stuff, because, you know, he's probably focused on the court stuff there. But anything election uh, campaign wise, what if he came out and he or what if he released it on truth and then it gets recirculated on Twitter and everywhere else where he says effectively today, uh, November 14th. I'm no longer mentioning, and he goes through the four, because now, remember, there was five. Scott dropped out last night at, like, 11 p.m. So it's down to DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Christie, and Haley. What if he just said, I will not mention or even bring up or even mock any other Republican candidate slash nominee because I'm so far ahead in the polls, they're not worth my energy or time? I, I would actually think that that would go over really well. And if he just went I agree straight with you. full speed ahead for I agree with you. just going after Biden he won't and what his vision is, that's it. Yeah, I would love it. if he And, and we're playing a snippet of the rally, but it's some of these freshen up your, freshen up your what you're delivering, the speech you're delivering, saying, you know what, I'm, I'm genuinely concerned about this week's meeting between President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping mm-hmm. this week, California, San Francisco Bay Area. These are critical meetings. And let me tell you, and then he can give some of his insights. Everybody yeah. remembers how he busted China's chops and and really said we're going to have a, a better deal for Americans mm-hmm. because we did not have a good trade deal. And the same with, with Canada, Mexico, that whole thing. Bring that up. Remind people yep. of the jobs and the importance of having somebody – Who's on the job? Who who knows who the heck they're talking to? Mm-hmm. So th- I would rather see that than the old routine that we've seen before. Yep. And you mentioned Xi and Biden in San Francisco this Wednesday. The videos went viral over the weekend on social media. They literally cleaned out all of the homeless camps in San Francisco. There's not a cigarette butt or a piece of bubble gum wrapper on the sidewalks. They are spick and span clean. As if the homeless never existed. Yeah, we'll get to that. And we'll get to that. That is remarkable. Um, <clears throat> Robert Schwartz on the YouTube chat says, "I don't want classy. I want a person who can run this nation." Great, but you were going to vote for him anyway. I'm just saying that, like, it's not like yes, the Trump, the Trump people are going to be with him no matter what. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that. And again, I'm not offended by. It. I don't care. I think it's funny. I think it's hysterical. Actually, yep. I'm just saying that, like, in a nation where. There's a lot of people that's obese. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of your voting base that's obese. Right. Like maybe maybe the fat stuff, not the best stuff to, mm-hmm. not the best road to go down. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's the old, old adage of never punch down, punch up. And honestly, at this point, there's really nobody to punch up at other than the fact that you're going against Joe Biden, even though you've got some leads in swing states. Like punching down at this point, I think it would just be a sound strategy. Like like myself personally. I don't punch down at the other shows that I'm beating. It's not worth my time. <clears throat> I just don't, with Trump's huge lead in the polls, I don't even, I, I just think that, I honestly think it doesn't hurt at all. 
because Chris Christie is somebody he's known well and, quite frankly, who's going to be begging for a job in a little over a year. But I, I just think he's the usual punching bag. And so, again, I would just say advance your message and try to just gain some new, maybe some new possible voters. I mean, I know he's he's has a huge lead in the polls with Republicans and conservatives. Try to get that to Greg's point. Try to do something to get that independent, you know, independent voter, whatever. Mm -hmm. Try to grow your base. Well, where was Chris Christie this week? Israel. Israel. Yeah. And we have a little piece of uh, that. Um, Again, not going to be president. I get it. Mm -hmm. Not. I'm not a Chris Christie fan. But you have one guy who's making fat jokes at a rally, and the other guy who's in Israel with a bulletproof vest on. Just, Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like big vest. By the way, Sloppy Chris Christie. By, by the way, Chris, uh, I think Bruno, I think it was Bruno who tweeted out a picture over the weekend of him and his white pants. Yeah. Christie had a white pants and like a um, like a like a purple type shirt on, and the pants were so tight, and yeah. it's you can yeah. you can see the. Can I tell you something? He's Chris Christie at the last debate. He has lost a significant amount of weight. He's he got a new haircut. He got a makeover, and he he has here, lost a lot of weight. Here I go. I'm gonna say I can't believe he's making fun of <laughs> fat people, and I'm gonna do it right now. Well, no, you can only go down from where Chris Christie is at, right? Like you can't really go up from there. Anthony or Natasha, can you guys go on Bruno's Twitter and find that picture that I'm talking about? Uh, once we have it up there, I'll I'll I'll, I'll you know bring everybody to YouTube. But, okay. Uh, all right. This is Chris Christie in. Israel over the weekend. Cut 17, go. We must remember who's really responsible for this. And we can't ask Israel to stand down if they believe there is still a legitimate violent threat against them and their people. And I think there's no question that there is. And so they must continue to fight until they have degraded that capability to a point where they can say to their people, come back and live here safely and securely. Until that comes, I don't think calls for a ceasefire make any sense, and also forget the history of the fact that before October 7th, there was a ceasefire in place, and it was Hamas that broke it, not Israel. Yeah, again, that you know, that's why I laugh, and that's why I talked about it in the big take this morning, and it gets me so angry. So let's think about this. Hamas violates the ceasefire, they go in and go beyond war. They they slaughter babies and women and the elderly and pets, babies and infants in cribs, beheaded. That is labeled war. That's well, it's just, that's just war. It's just a casualty in the ugliness of war. And then Israel, on the responding end, gets labeled and accused of a genocide and war crimes. When historically we know that the Israelis have been on the Wrong end of a genocide, not that there's ever a right end, but if it wasn't Hitler 80 years ago, it's those in the Middle East with radical thoughts that want to wipe out an entire population. You don't get to punch somebody in the face and then say that the person you punched isn't allowed to self-defense and defend themselves and punch you back. That's basically what these pro-Palestinian supporters marching through American streets are claiming, and they look foolish in doing so. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Sure. Chris Christie, during the last debate, I feel like he made a huge pivot. And because nobody's really watching him, in essence, because they're saying, oh, Trump has this, and they're looking at Nikki Haley or Ramaswamy, etc. But I think Chris Christie, because he 
is knows that this is a marathon sees a lane for himself as somebody who's a moderate and who if he if he can take out the others he believes in his mind head to head that he can beat trump because he in his head feels that he's more electable for a general election i've noticed a huge change in chris christie physically he has lost a lot of weight he's gotten a makeover look at him in that picture i don't i think in that picture he looked great i don't think of like his, he he must have lost forty pounds. He does seem more focused he's on fo- the issues yes, than so much than poking at yep. Trump. Like he's almost pivoted out of the yes. hey, I'll I'll gas bag with Trump lane and let's get down yep. to the issues lane. But it it feels to me, and I said this coming out of the debate last week. And to your point, maybe it's just more of a mature approach, mm-hmm. but it feels a little bit more low energy. I don't know. Maybe that's because of the weight loss. Uh, I I don't know no, if it's I, a strategy. I think that it's. I actually liked his energy the last debate. You did. And you know and you you know I'm fair, I'm critical, you know, of everything, but I actually think he's trying to be presidential and he's trying to show himself in a different light. Now, does that win a, does that win over anybody in the polls? What he's trying to do is stay in the game because he knows if he can wipe out the others, if he can still raise the money and he's really good at fundraising, I, I just wonder where this goes. But I, I think that he has made a huge pivot in his campaign. Well, it's just a matter to me. So if you're if you're saying that he could be a factor moving forward, it's, it's a math game. Is he so he's going to try to win over the moderates of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. But in winning over the moderates, whatever that number might be. He's and he never had him and he never will. He's losing <laughs> the further Bless right, you. the 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 conservatives, the the MAGA section of the Republican Party. So if I'm Trump, I'm like, okay, that's fine. You're you you want you want the moderate portion of the Republicans. My portion trumps your portion. No pun intended. But I think the reason that um, Donald J. Trump was talking about Chris Christie in the first place is that he know he recognizes what's happening. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's why he's stating this. And so to Greg's point, wipe him out in a different way. Yeah. Not talking about his appearance. And just one other thing to your point with moderate versus MAGA within the Republican Party. I saw a video clip yesterday of Steve Bannon who said the MAGA movement's not moving away and moving forward mm-hmm. of the future of the MAGA movement. Trump is the most moderate of the future of the MAGA movement. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in for a yeah. moment. Uh, you mentioned uh, San Francisco because there's there's this upcoming meeting between uh, Xi Jinping yep. and um, and President Biden uh, coming up, I believe, this week. Wednesday. Wednesday, and uh, San Francisco is the uh, is the place where they're going to meet. And miraculously, guys, they cleaned up San Francisco. Ship them on up in a whole weekend. It took them. Uh, they made it look. They got all the homeless people off the streets. Moving on out. Cleaned it up, yep. cleaned the urine and feces and every all the other nonsense off the streets. Remember the, when the Looks, su- when the Super Bowl was in Los Angeles a year or two ago? They got rid of the entire homeless population because can't have Super Bowl week littered with bums. Right? It's amazing what you can do when you really want to. Yep. Uh, this is the Fox. Let me see here. Fox Two, San Francisco news report on it. Cut three guys go. Yes, that's right. The summit is expected to bring in $53 million, filling hotel rooms, bringing big business. And the city did tidy up for Dreamforce, but this cleanup is much more extensive. 
While San Francisco is in the spotlight for the Asia-Pacific Economic Conference, city leaders are making sure the city shines. Tourism is our business here in San Francisco, and we need <laughs> to focus on making sure that the tourist dollars still come back. Oh, the, isn't that mm-hmm. isn't that rich? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Right. Like, what happens all the other time of, you know, when... Yeah. when Tourists go. San Francisco is lovely. Tourism be damned until a a communist dictator comes to our city. All it took for San Francisco to wipe out the homeless, the drug injection sites, the tent camps, was the leader of China to show up. Now think about that. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, you see this guy has a has a hat on with a feather in it. Mm -hmm. Not not, not a great look. You're not a fan of the feathered hat. Uh, so think about that when it comes to San Francisco, when it comes yeah. to Los Angeles, yeah. Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, for that mm-hmm. matter. Um, you know what? If if Chairman Xi was coming to um, the Valley Forge Convention Center, and I'm just throwing that out for, for, I don't know, for whatever reason, and let's just say to get there, he had to fly over or drive through Kensington, they could, the Philadelphia authorities could clean up Kensington in eight hours if they wanted to. Eight hours. Eight hours. You're, you're 100% mm-hmm. correct. Yep. But they don't. And they don't want to. They should just, choose not to. It's, it's part of their program. You should just go in there with a bulldozer. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I mean, you look at some... And, and San Francisco is a bigger city yeah. than Philadelphia. Yeah. But the fourth biggest populated city in the country behind New York, L.A., and Chicago, I think. And they, they literally, in a weekend, it's like... Hey man, we have a pristine, clean it's city. Unbelievable. Are you impressed, Chairman Xi? Yeah. More. Uh, here's a little bit more from that news report, guys. Caltrans repaving major roadways like the Harrison Street off ramp from the I-80. BART doubling down by deep cleaning their stations overnight more often. The city had gotten a little bit dingy over time. <laughs> Scrubbing and power washing is happening all over the city. Yeah, the bottom of my shoes look clean. Like it's noticeable how clear the streets look and how few homeless encampments there are on major thoroughfares. Having been a long-time resident in the Bay Area, you just naturally start to wonder of like houseless folks being displaced. Public Works is installing decorative crosswalks in North Beach and Chinatown, and the Webster Street Pedestrian Bridge in Japantown was recently repainted. The Yerba Buena Gardens at the Moscone Center are decked out with new colorful landscaping and murals, paid for by the Clean California Grant, just in time for the 20,000 high-profile CEOs and heads of state coming into town next week. It looks like it's Some people say yeah. this should be yeah. how it's always done. What about the people who are here yes. year-round, you <laughs> yeah. know, and like local, hard-working, working-class yes. Bay Area folks? Others welcome the cleanup. Anything that brings in uh, a positive look on the city of San Francisco is great. We will continue to do everything we can to maintain cleanliness in our streets this is like the equivalent this is the equivalent of living in a pigsty at home with your <laughs> wife and children and then the in-laws come over for thanksgiving i right, gotta clean everything up let's go we got three hours i want this house spick and span it is true it is true we've all we've all been there we've like, all okay been there. clean clean the house and go right what um, a disgrace so um and i NSA spokesperson Jake Sullivan was on State of the Union on CNN on Sunday talking about the upcoming meeting between Biden and Xi Jinping, um, what they're going to try to accomplish here. Cut five, go. Jake, I want to ask you before I let you go about a highly anticipated meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping this week in California. Uh, The president is big on believing that personal diplomacy and talks in person uh, can work, and he's gotten to know uh, President Xi very well over the years. Can the summit really reverse months of tension 
between the U.S. and China? Uh, and specifically, is it possible that the um, disintegration of communication between U.S. and Chinese military could be one thing that is restored after this? What's well, a great question. First, you're right. President Biden believes there is no substitute for leader to leader engagement face to face to manage a complex relationship like the U.S.-China relationship. And that's what we're trying to do here. The U.S. and China are in competition. President Biden is trying to manage that competition responsibly so it doesn't tip over into conflict. And he's looking for areas where we can work together, where it's in our mutual interest to do so. When it comes to managing the relationship, ties and communications between our two militaries are critical. The Chinese have basically severed those communication links. President Biden would like to reestablish them, and he will look to this summit as an opportunity to try to advance the ball on that. I won't get ahead of any announcements that might come out of it, but this is a, a top agenda item. And he's also looking for other practical ways to show the American people that sitting down with Xi Jinping can defend American interests and also deliver progress on the priorities of the American people. Make no mistake about it, regardless of what Mr. Sullivan just uh, bloviated on, Xi does not respect Joe Biden. He knows that Joe Biden in America is very weak. But Joe's going to you know, take care of it. He's going to say, look, we cleaned up the streets for you. He's gonna, moving forward, I don't want any more spy balloons. Moving forward, these uh, these police stations that you're running in my big cities, I need to know why, why that's going on. And, uh, oh, by the way, don't mess around with Taiwan, because you see how, how tough we've been on uh, Hamas and the pro-Palestinian movement. This is really uh, a meeting of one nation that bends the knee to the other nation and one president who allows a communist dictator to basically do whatever the hell he wants. But um, I'll be interested in seeing if anything happens, and I don't think anything will happen, but uh, any uh, big takeaways coming from Wednesday that we'll talk about Thursday morning? Uh, late last night, Tim Scott um, suspended his presidential uh, campaign. Kind, kind of. I mean, look. <laughs> did he ever really get it going? He he didn't. Uh, but it is <laughs> the timing of it is a little bit odd. Um, he seems to have plenty of money. Uh, he can probably make a decent showing in both Iowa and South Carolina, but you know that's just me. Anyway, he was on with Trey Gowdy last night on Fox News, kind of taking Trey Gowdy by surprise. This is how that sounded last night. Cut sixteen, guys, go. But when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential uh, candidate. I am suspending my campaign. I, I think the voters, uh, who are the most remarkable people on the planet, have been really clear that they're telling me. Not now, Tim. I don't think they're saying, Trey, no, but I do think they're saying not now. And so I'm going to respect the voters and I'm going to hold on and keep working really hard and uh, look forward to another opportunity. Okay. Well, a couple of things. Pence saw the writing on the wall. He got out. He did. Scott, um, it's not not now, Tim. It's no. It'll f forever be no. You're, you're, look, you're, you're a good senator. You seem to be like a great dude. I really loved his first message when he launched his campaign. Uh, take out a loan, pay it back, commit a crime, go to jail. He's a common sense guy. Um, he's got a cool beard. Uh, the beard looks good, uh, and it's a different beard. It's not the same kind of beard we're talking about than James Harden has. Not the same kind of beard that Greg Stocker or Nick Kale grows, but a different beard. But like the reality was the guy never had a chance. And, and I say this tongue-in-cheek for a, a little bit of a laugh, but it's true. 
he attended three debates and made zero impact. Yeah. I mean, every debate that we watched, the next morning it was, okay, Vivek's going at Nikki. Nikki's showing her backbone. DeSantis has been solid. Everybody kind of had Elaine. Like, even Pence, as bad as he was, he had the, you know, constitutional Christian evangelical wing thing going on. I don't know who Tim Scott really resonated with, but um, I don't know. Maybe he can be uh, in the cabinet someday. I think he'd be a good a good member, a good addition. Uh, Ron McDaniel made the rounds on the Sunday morning shows <laughs> uh, over the weekend to play damage control a little bit. Um, let's start with Meet the Press. Um, you guys will love this. Because we, we debated how... Um, how the moderators did, the NBC moderators did. Um, it, it seemed to get praise from both sides, but mm-hmm. um, you know we took some issue with it here on this show. But Ronna McDaniel fawned over uh, 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 Kristen Welker and tells her that she met the moment at the debate. Cut mm-hmm. one, go. Thank you for being part of that because this is a time where we met the moment. Thank you so much for having us. It was an honor Thank to you. co-moderate that debate. We Thank really appreciate it. Ronna McDaniel, thanks for being here. Did Kristen Welker meet the moment? Boy, these two just swap and spit makes you want to <laughs> gag. Good Lord. I mean, it's one thing to say that, you know, the moderators were fair, but met the moment. I, I mean, good gee whiz. And, and look, I mean, there are a lot of people, I would say an overwhelming majority, that want Ronna McDaniel out as the chair lady of the RNC. Um, kissing, uh, who was that she was kissing the butt with? Kristen Welker. Kristen, Kristen Welker. That ain't going to win you any votes. You just went further in the wrong direction. She's got to go. I'm sorry. The losing culture under her watch, not good. And and then going on and kissing uh, Kristen Welker's keister, no way. Met the moment. Yeah, I just, I don't really get it. I mean, I guess the strategy is that they're making nicey-nicey with the so-called mainstream media. And, I, you know, I, I just think, what is Ronna Romney McDaniel really trying to do here? I know, you're never going to win anybody over in the mainstream I, again, this this applies not just to her. Chris Christie, always on mainstream media. Ron DeSantis has done his fair share. Mainstream media. Who are you winning over there? Nobody. An, an occasional independent here or there? You're wasting your time. Especially if you're going to get walking into a situation where fact checkers are in the moderator or the interviewer's ear. Especially if the bulk of the questions to start the interview are going to be about Donald Trump or 2020 or January 6th. I don't see the strategical move that where where the payoff is for any of these Republican candidates to go on those spotlights. Ronna McDaniel uh, was on State of the Union as well. She says she's proud of the work that the RNC is doing. Mm-hmm. Cut four. Go. Personal attacks against you aside, if you look at what Republicans have uh, have dealt with over the last few years, Republicans lost the White House in 2020, did not win the Senate back in 2022. The House has a Republican majority, but it's so narrow they can barely govern. And on Tuesday, on the state level, Republicans lost big in Virginia and in Kentucky. Are Republicans right to be frustrated? I understand being frustrated. Of course, we want to win. And I look at the RNC, though, and I'm proud of what we're doing. I mean, we're a turnout machine. We don't do the messaging the candidates do with their pollsters and their campaigns. But I look at our minority outreach that we're doing and the growth we've seen with Hispanic and Asian voters. I look at 2022. Republicans won the popular vote. We turned out 4 million more voters, and we would have won the Electoral College. The RNC builds the road. 
All the candidates drive on it. You need a good candidate and a good road to get to your destination. And the things we're doing right now with our Bank Your Vote initiative and with 70 lawsuits that we're in, we just won, in, won one in New Hampshire that upholds voter ID on top of our engagement with minority communities. I'm really proud of what the RNC does. Ronna McDaniel has been in this position since 2017. She goes back and starts talking about 2020, but we can start and go back looking at 2018 with losses. Losses in 2018, 2020, 2022, and again, another underwhelming performance just last week in 2023. You know, the only person that loses more, that has more job security than Ronna McDaniel, is James Franklin at Penn State. <laughs> I, like she, it's amazing and she's been in this position going on seven years yep. she's been there since she was 43 years old and um i'm sorry like sooner or later um it's not just enough to gut the party with the kevin mccarthy's of the world perhaps the mitch mcconnell's of the world like i said all three of them to me get them on out this uh, whole notion yeah. we build the road what a bunch of BS. It is. That, She's that deflecting. infuriates me as, as somebody who I talk to all these these candidates who work their keisters off, who are unbelievably great candidates who got, they didn't get enough support, okay? they Locally, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That, that, that infuriates, oh, it's about the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't help the quality of the candidates. In other words, it's your fault, baloney. That, that's, that is wrong, and that's a wrong way to think. And by the way, the Democrats never think like that. They can have somebody who literally just had a stroke and get him to win. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the talent the Democrats have, not only the coordination, not only the money, but the mindset to say, no matter who you are, no matter how bad a candidate, no matter what you're going through, health-wise, etc., mm-hmm. we're going to make sure you win. Yep. That was not acceptable, what Ronna Romney McDaniel just said. Sucking up. To the NBC host, who, by the way, (laughs) barely even, I mean, my gripe about it was, what was up with that? Kristen Welker has the Sunday show. Mm -hmm. She's She's a biggity big in her own right. Why was it that she was sandwiched in between, and I felt she didn't have much of a role in truth but anyway well compared to lester holt she's still kind of green uh, as far as experience right why well, yeah no. but, uh, she's the one that they should be you know they gave her meet the press she should be yeah. she should have led that they yes they should have elevated her. she's just 100%. trying to carry on the legacy of chuck todd <laughs> right I, that was just infuriating to me that yep. she said we build the road and bas- yeah. basically what she's saying is well we have candidates who suck <laughs> and if we had better candidates yeah and then she tries to take advantage she tries to take credit mm-hmm. for the hispanic vote which by the way where was trump and we had a big conversation about trump yeah. purposely last week for his counter rally mm-hmm. on wednesday he chose hialeah he chose an area where they have a huge hispanic population yeah, very he's the reason yep. that you have hispanics going to the Republican Party, not her and her freaking road. That reminded me of Obama. Yeah. Remember Obama? Oh, well, we build the roads. You know, mm-hmm. Give me a break. Yep. Uh, Data Bash also asked Ronald McDaniel, if Trump becomes a convicted criminal, is he still an appropriate nominee? Cut 15, go. If those are the issues, if you end up having Donald Trump as your nominee and if he is convicted of a crime, do you believe that he would be the appropriate nominee for the Republican Party? Whoever the voters choose is the appropriate nominee. Even if, even if he's a convicted criminal? I know this is newsworthy, but as party chair, I'm going to support who the voters choose. And yes, if they choose Donald Trump, the voters are looking at this and they think there is a two-tiered system of justice. 
they don't believe a lot of the things that are coming out in this, and they're making these decisions, and you're seeing that reflected in the polls. So I wish that were true, but that's not true. In what regard? Because we know here in Pennsylvania there were people that they just, the swamp just particularly didn't like, mm-hmm. and so they pulled their money and they put it somewhere else. So that's baloney. That, 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 this is, this is terrible what she's saying. I wish that anybody else would have the guts to go through and analyze what she's saying because you know full well that there are candidates here in Pennsylvania and across the country who they deem that they don't like and then they pull the money from them and they pull the rug out from underneath them. That's what happens. Well, instead of doing what, I mean, think about it all, think about all the Democrats who just, would converge on whoever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have somebody, quite frankly, who is right now, not for nothing, is, is senile. Is somebody in the White House who I don't even know who's running things, but it's not him. Of course, and not. it's sad. Mm-hmm. But they they just come together and they don't make excuses. They all come together. They're on the same page, and they go out there and they get her done. She actually did answer it and say yes that she she still will you know you know so to speak ride with Trump. It only took one follow up from from Bash. I thought Bash was going to go back again and try to ask again, and I was going to rip Dana Bash. But it doesn't sound like an overwhelming endorsement for sure from Ronna McDaniel. No, no. Um, Politico's Jonathan Martin was on ABC this week. Uh, speaking of the. Um the election uh, that passed uh, over the weekend, he says that uh, the GOP refuses to uh, concede to the public sentiment on abortion, the abortion issue cut to. Tape of him saying that there the is. woman should be punished. It's Correct. his biggest yeah, accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, it's his biggest it. accomplishment as president, overturning a half century of, of legal abortion. And he's clearly embarrassed by it now because yeah. he thinks it's a political loser. But he is on tape saying, and I'm sure Democrats are going to punish him for that. Look, I think that the GOP does not have a good answer for this issue yeah. because yeah. they refuse to concede to public sentiment. The country does not want to outlaw abortion, and that has been clear in every state that has voted on it, and there's not any reflection at all among Republicans about that fact. And when you can't even talk as a party about where the, where the country is, where the voters are, and what your policy is, that's going to create some challenges because they refuse to move off their hard line for their base. One of the phrases that you're hearing a lot now post all of these election fallouts where, once again, Republicans lost in a post-Roe v. Wade era is common sense messaging. We keep hearing it, well, until the Republicans start using a common sense messaging. I, I don't even know like if that is going to resonate. Like I, I just think, period, point blank, it's a losing issue for the GOP. It's almost like, don't even discuss it. Because I don't think the way you kind of re how can they not though? repackage I well if you're not coming off of your stance and I you, agree with you you know but but when that is going the Democrats see this as their ticket to 2024 again to the White House oh and beyond so, so they're going to make issues out of this they're going to put referendums on ballots to get people out there that is going to happen so. There, there's no way around this. The GOP just needs to find a way to uh, to react to it, mm-hmm. and I just don't know what that is because you're right. You know, when when it's an issue like this and people are so hardlined on it, it it's hard to move away from it. It is. I just feel like if you try to repackage it, rebrand it. Uh, kind of finesse it a little bit, and, and you can sit there and look at different time periods. I get it, 24 weeks, 15 weeks, whatever it might be. It just seems like this is something that the Democrats, is it, this is their ace up their... Anytime they want to play this card, it will lead to victory, I think, for the Dems. 
if the if the abortion issue is the front and center issue, is the best person the GOP can get to to talk about it a woman, Nikki Haley? Just saying, fair point. I think that her answer on, um, especially second to last the the second debate, she had a good answer. Yes, she did. But I also think that that if people hear out what Trump when he has been asked about it, he talks about the fact of states' rights the importance of states' rights, and then the fact that on a national level, because the states now are in play, that actually he talked about this deal, that, that there there is a better moment to make a deal. So what is that deal? What is he talking about? Nobody even uh, addresses that situation. And I think part of what Trump is speaking about is the hundreds of millions of dollars that Planned Parenthood has given since even it's about a hundred million dollars since Trump left office that Planned Parenthood has given Democrats. It's like a money laundering operation, if you mm-hmm. will, where the Democrats give them money, they give them money back and so on and so forth. I think in part that's way that's what Trump is trying to talk about to say, let's solve this issue rather and and give people the the choice of better health care because nowadays what nobody's talking about is that these these clinics are becoming antiquated in the sense that more than 50 percent of these so-called procedures are actually a pill that you get in the mail or you get from the clinic Mm -hmm. so it's 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 an early onset it's it's but it's a pill it's the abortion pill if you will. And it's like a discre- more than discreet, 50% discreet delivery to yes. your doorstep, basically. Yes. Or you go to the clinic and you get it. Right. Nobody's talking about that. You know, I, I was thinking about this over the weekend. I, you know, I'm so tired. And I mentioned this, and I think it was one of our Twitter clips that we posted about the GOP always being blindsided come election day. And everybody's just left, you know, holding their, you know, what trying to figure out what went wrong, what went wrong. You know, uh, in, in radio, there was times at stations I worked at where they did listener panels. Because the incompetent people in charge didn't know what the audience wanted. So they actually brought the audience in, gave them a pizza party, and said, well, what do you think about this? And they actually listened to their base. You have a year left. Why doesn't the GOP at a national level go around and gather as much information from every registered female Republican possible, whether they're moderate or conservative, as well as the registered independents, and have these like focus groups? And ask these people, and I'm talking about females, what are your thoughts on abortion? What is the uh, the weak cutoff? What is the messaging? How should we handle this? What gives us a better statistical advantage to win people over? And go to these people and get it directly from their mouths. Is it that difficult of a, of a venture, of a big focus group to do? Here's what I don't understand. The whole Dobbs decision brought the issue of abortion back to the states yes states are voting on them it's just it may not be what the gop likes exactly but this is the outcome that's right. that 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 everybody on the right wanted yes mm-hmm. they wanted it to go back to the states and states are voting on them so like it, this is all going to in my opinion this is all going to play itself out this is all going to end at some point because i believe at some point every state is going to vote on it yes and mm-hmm. and and this will be a done issue yeah so think about this there are well, if you count the Ill- illegals who've come in, it's well over 332 million people in this country. And think about the tiny percentage if you, of, of abortions or pills, that procedure. So you're talking about half a million people who actually go for a procedure. Half a million versus 332 million. 
So are the Republicans going to allow this issue that impacts, in truth, a tiny percentage of our people in our nation, are they going to allow, our our conservatives, our Republicans, going to allow the, the Republican Party to be hijacked by this one issue? Because that's what the Democrats are banking on. That's it. That's the bottom line here. And Ms. Ronna, Romney, McDaniel, she needs to get that together, too. Mm-hmm. The messaging, if you will. And to say, look, you're talking about a half a million procedures, the actual procedure in this country. And so that goes to states' rights. Let people do, if they're going to do this, that's the law. It doesn't mean that you're complicit with it. And let it go, let it be. Mm-hmm. Because if you promote, for example, free ultrasounds and better care for women, and you create a better economy, then the hope and prayer is that you're going to keep your baby. But right now, in this economy, more and more women, even families with three, four kids, they're, they're doing this horrible, horrible choice, if you will, because they can't afford to eat or live. Right. That's the message the Republicans need to, need to wrap their arms around and say, you know what? We are pro-life. You know what that means? We want you to eat and your kids to eat. And we want your grandma who's in the assisted living. We want everybody to be okay. And we're going to do that by creating peace and prosperity in the United States of America. And we're going to make sure that we grow the jobs and grow the economy. Okay? That's the message that we need to get out there. Yep. Uh, Nikki Haley, uh, we were speaking about her. I asked if uh, she's the best spokesperson the GOP has on this issue uh, going into 2024. Um, She said this on Fox News Sunday about her surging in the polls. Um, Cut 18, guys, go. It's so ridiculous. We are surging in the polls. Not only are we surging in the polls, if you look in the swing states, it shows that we beat Biden by 10 to 13 points. We are now second place in Iowa, second place in New Hampshire, second place in South Carolina. There are no other candidates that are going to be getting in the race because now it's got to late. We have plenty of money that we're going to be on TV with, and you're going to see that we're going to be strong, not just in Iowa. We're going to be strong in Iowa. We're going to be strong in New Hampshire. We're going to be strong in South Carolina because we spent our money well. We've got great ground games in every one of those states, and we're going to keep surging. We've got Trump that's flatlined. You've got DeSantis that's falling at polls, and we continue to go up. And we've had a great, um, we had a great last debate. We had and, um, we raised a million dollars in the in 24 hours past the debate, and we're going to go work hard to earn every Iowan, every Granite Stater, and every South Carolinian okay. vote because we let's, have a country to save. Well, let's talk about a little bit of the realities, though. I mean, President Trump is up 30 to 40 points in most polls out there on the entire rest of the field. Governor DeSantis picked up Governor Reynolds' uh, much coveted endorsement in Iowa, along with a number of other leaders there. He now has the highest favorables in the GOP field in Iowa, including President Trump. And then this headline from the hill yesterday it says trump's massive lead in polls deals blow to the rivals electability case they talk about polls from new york times cnn cbs news emerson all showing president trump leading president biden uh in a head-to-head matchup you do better in those polls but how do you convince uh, primary voters to abandon somebody who was up by 30 40 points when this argument about him being able to beat president biden is in many of these polls being muted Well, I think first of all, you know, I think certainly Trump has um, some strong support. I've always said he was the right president at the right time, and I agree with a lot of his policies. The problem is drama and chaos follow him, whether fairly or not. 
it is constantly following him and Americans feel for it, feel it. And so I think you can look at that with our elections over and over again. And we pay the price for it. And I think what's really important is we need to have someone who can win the general election as well. We need to make sure that we have a new conservative leader. Republicans have lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. The way you do that is you send someone in there that doesn't just beat Biden by two or three points like Trump does. You get somebody that beats Biden between nine and 13 points. That way we win up and down the ticket, governor's races, congressional seats, all of those seats. That's what we're trying trying to do is not just win the presidential. We want to win across the board. I can do that. And that's the focus that we have. And I'll tell you that I think people are getting tired of the drama and the chaos and the negativity. They see the wars happening around that they want to prevent and put an end to. They see inflation that they can't afford. They see a border that's open. They see crime on the rise. And they see that our kids are suffering terribly in reading and math. And we've got to get that right. We are going to start to make America strong and proud again. And we're going to finish this. But we need everybody to go to NikkiHaley.com and join us. Okay, so a couple of things. She really can't be talking about wars that are going on because <laughs> there's not a war that she doesn't endorse. That's one. Mm-hmm. Two, also, she's out of line by saying that Trump has flatlined in the polls. Hard not to flatline when you get to a 40 or 50 point lead, unless you really think it's realistic that you can get to 60, 70, or 80 point leads, which I don't think is possible. Uh, but, you know, when we talk about polls, uh, if I'm going to sit here and say I take polls with a grain of salt, That means with a grain of salt with every candidate. So if I take it with a grain of salt with Trump up three in a swing state, the same applies to Nikki Haley being up nine, 10 or 11. Again, it is just a poll. And I don't know that she would beat Joe Biden. But I will say this. I, you know, with Tim Scott dropping out and her voice of reason and her great message on abortion, I really think Trump would do well with her as the VP. If it, I know we were uh, Tucker Carlson and all these other no, names that are okay. Carrie Lake. Nikki Haley, to me, makes the most sense well, to be Trump. Whether it's realistic or not, I think she's the right fit. Well, if they, um, if, you know, Christie and uh, DeSantis drop out and they kind of all coalesce around her and it's just him and her, um, I, I don't see that happening. You're probably right. I, I mean, I'm just, you know. Okay, well then, if that let's say that scenario plays out and that kind of eliminates her from the equation, does Vivek come all come into the spotlight? No, no. Okay, I don't think I don't think any of the nominees are going to be his VP choice. I'm telling you right now. I mean, and this, I mean, who knows? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe Trump can't win. Maybe he won't win. If he does not, if Trump selects a straight white cis male, he will lose. I think it'll be Donald and Donald's. I would love Byron Donalds. You know that. You know I love Byron. Donald and Donalds. Donald yeah. and Donalds. I, I don't know. I know everybody says it's going to be a woman. It's we'll, got to be we'll something. It, it can't be. And this is why I say it can't be Carrie Lake. She's too Trumpian. She's just like Trump. She's strong. She's bra- And I'm not saying that those are bad traits, but you can't have a mini me next to you. You got to have somebody different that maybe softens you a little bit. I think Nikki Haley softens Trump a little bit. Carrie Lake. The same vendetta, same bit. Like, I, I don't need imposters. I, and I want somebody that's actually won something, too. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Carrie, like, great TV career or whatever. You, you say what you want about the Arizona election. I'm not, I'm not saying she's wrong in her fight for it. But, like, you got no skins on the wall, Holmes. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't need, you know. You know. I know. You just, Deep down, there's that little voice in Donald Trump's head. She's, you know she's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> But I, 
look, I know she's at the rallies, and yeah. a lot of people feel and that Arizona situation is under investigation because of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And talked about but i think you're right i think at the end of the day she has zero experience to make her vice president yeah is an insult to everybody else who kisses who kisses trump's keister more her or vivek <laughs> that could be a poll question her. and i get it you know it's your career you, you latch on to certain bandwagons you try to ride the train to victory you use it to you know boost your profile i get the whole motive behind it i just don't think that's a winning agenda for trump as far as picking his vp so, all right, that'll do it. Cut sheet part one in the books. Part two coming up in just about fifty-five minutes. We will come back, put a bow on uh, our number three. By the way, um, are, I don't want to steal your your thunderstalker. Are we going to do? Are we? We want to save the Trump UFC stuff for part two. Yes, or do, sir. Okay, we'll save that for part two. So if you did not see that, stick around for that. You're going to love that reaction that he got at Madison Square Garden. But the DC establishment is afraid. And it's not necessarily Trump. It's a man with three letters. We will give you the details of the fear on the other side. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Let's talk about next spring. I'm talking southern Italy, the Amalfi Coast, Positano, Sorrento, the Isle of Capri. I really hope you join me next spring. You're going to be sorry if you don't, as we discover the wonderful sights in southern Italy with my friends from Conservative Tours, the Abbey of Monte Cassino, Pompeii, of course, the great ancient sites in Rome as well, all while enjoying a gastronomical event for 12 incredible days of touring. Yeah, olive oil production, mozzarella farm, the wineries, you know what that means, tasting sessions. The group dining events that Conservative Tours is known for are absolutely legendary. Legendary. Just ask my friends Dom and Ro Giordano. 5267, that includes your nonstop airfare while supplies last. Just go to conservativetours.com, scroll down, you see my picture. Yes, my husband Larry Menti, my teenage sons Michael and David. We're making it a family trip of a lifetime. If you have questions, you can call toll-free 888-733-9494. It's going to be amazing. Don't miss out. Conservativetours.com. Tell them Dawn sent you. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.